for joining us today. This podcast is brought to you by our two wonderful hostesses, Stephanie and Miranda. Special shout out to Stephen for being an amazing producer and to our outstanding advisor, Nathaniel. season. Wow. I just can't believe that one. Anyway, but today we have Abigail here from the Center for Entrepreneurship. Hi, Abigail. How are you doing today? Oh, wonderful. I'm really excited to chat with everybody. Yeah, we're excited that you're here. Um, So we always start off the podcast with the same old couple of questions. So tell us a little about yourself and how how you got to the Center for Entrepreneurship and what type of work you do there. Sure. I am a new to Portland State University, relatively new. I came in earlier this year. It's exciting to be a part of an office within Portland State that does so much good and does really diverse work. Uh, I'm actually a transplant to Portland from the Midwest. Um, I absolutely fell in love with the city the first time I visited and said, what do I have to do to come out here? Um, I came from working in a lot of agencies, doing live events and really kind of wild stuff like that. Transitioning into the center has been really exciting. can take that um, exciting atmosphere that you get from live events and turning it into how can we enhance everything that students who come through our programming, what can we add to their experience, and how can we forever change their lives. Love that, love that. Um, well, that's really interesting to hear. I love that. So, um, you said that you're fairly new at Portland State. What's something that you've loved so far? It doesn't have to be related to the center of um, entrepreneurship. Uh, I was very intimidated. I came from working in agencies uh, where you work in really small teams, you know everybody, you spend a lot of time together. Now I work for this huge university. Um, what I found so unexpected is how incredibly welcoming. Uh, helpful people are. We just did an event with the Center for Retail Leadership and I was shocked. It just felt like, oh, we're all just one big family. It was amazing the amount of uh, how easily I get introduced to people. It's really wonderful. I didn't expect to be so, to feel so small. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess I have like this totally different take on it because I'm from a really small town. I'm from a town probably about three hours south of here called Roseburg, Oregon. And I think of that being super small, but then when I come to Portland, I'm like, whoa, this is way, way larger than what I'm used to. So I'm just, I guess, kind of leaning on to that question that Stephanie posed. Just, I guess I'm curious on um, like your own personal ideals of Portland and how the Center for Entrepreneurship, like, you know, helps students in that range to like kind of guide this big city and maybe you can tie in that like small atmosphere that you're kind of talking about within the school too. Absolutely. Uh, I'm actually from a small town as well. I grew up in a town of 1,300 people um, oh. <laughs> in the middle of beautiful, beautiful cornfields. Um, so I know I'm very familiar with small. I do feel like Portland in general to me um, is a bunch of neighborhoods uh, where people try, not always successfully, but they try to really care about one another. At the university, um, I'm just amazed at how open people are to networking, how open people are to sharing their experiences, sharing their networks with others. Within the center, um, honestly, the startup community uh, is quite small, uh, and it's a small ecosystem. And we're able to open doors and introduce 
young entrepreneurs or people who just have an interest in entrepreneurship to that community, keeping them networked with people for the rest of their lives. I really didn't expect that when I first started attending events, representing the representing the, the center. And I'm blown away by like, oh, it's another familiar face. We've already met. We met it somewhere else. And I think that's really lovely that people are constantly keeping themselves involved in things, involved in once you're out in the world, they're keep involved in the university, or people who don't even have a, a direct connection with Portland State come back and stay involved with students' lives. Yeah, definitely. As and now on the topic of like involvement, what specific things can students get involved with within the Center for Entrepreneurship? I know recently I heard a little bit about some of the events that you guys are doing or some of the competitions that you guys are doing. I would love to hear more about it and I think our audience would definitely benefit from hearing more about it too. Absolutely. We, of course, we help support the E-Club, the Entrepreneur Club on campus. We run two workshops each year, one we call Kickstart Weekend, which was just about a month ago. Uh, that's a really fun opportunity to come in and pitch an idea to a bunch of your fellow students. Um, that is open to every degree level, every major. You can come in with an idea or get paired with somebody else in a startup. We run through ideas of how do you do some basic uh, you know, ideation, how do you do market research, how do you take this, define the problem that you're solving, and then work through the solutions and come up with you know, a product. Um, we provide people with networking resources within the community for that event alone, whether that's the speakers, the mentors we bring in, the judges, uh, and any other resource um, that we can. That's really a fun weekend. We do another similar workshop called Invent for the Planet, and that's actually partnered through Texas A&M University. And there are universities all over the country who work that same weekend in February. This year it'll be the 18th and through the 20th of February. And we give you a problem, say, we, you know, whether it's Boeing Airlines wants you to figure out how to do an early alert system for hail damage. That's one example. But we are presented with a problem and you get broken up into teams and you work through how you would do it. And each idea comes forward is really unique. Same thing, we provide that same system of support with people from outside the community. And luckily, with it being involved with Texas A&M, we can reach a lot further as well. Um, within the center, we also sponsor Clean Tech Challenge each year, um, and that is for Portland State students who have an idea that can change the world. Um, whether that's something that affects infrastructure, uh, it's green tech energy, or, or other products that just make a difference in people's lives. Um, we provide grant money, mentorship, workshopping, um, to take your idea from I have this this crazy idea all the way to creating a prototype. And at the end of the three-month uh, intensive, we do uh, a competition of finals in front of judges from the community, present your ideas in front of them and fellow students. And the top two winners from that go on to Invent Oregon. Um, and we're very fortunate that it, our office also supports Invent Oregon, which is a statewide prototyping competition. There are currently um, almost 20 other higher learning institutions across the state who participate in this program. It's very exciting to see what everybody else comes up with. And the thing we hear each year from people who go on to Invent Oregon is they didn't expect to get such a wonderful network. They didn't expect to make so many friends with people from other universities. They didn't expect to make so many contacts. And that's just nothing you can, no other environment can you recreate that than in those intensive competitions like that. 
They sound really interesting and fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you said that you started this year. So um, were you able to be a part of it in the last winter or have you slowly gotten into it? Uh, I was so lucky that I came on originally to help with Clean Tech Challenge and then transitioned into a full-time role. So I've been a part of Clean Tech Challenge um, last year. I was in part of Event Oregon last year where we came up with a, a unique way to connect all the students from across the state. And actually, last year was quite unique in that students were across the world. We had one competitor who was in London at the time. They were working on a prototype with their counterpart who was in Oregon. People were split up between Hawaii, California, uh, Nevada. It was really quite fun. And we were able to use virtual tools to bring them together go through those same exercises that they get through the boot camps and the other intensive seminars, keep them networked, keep them together. Uh, and it was sort of exciting. Um, we were visited a Bend Venture Conference with the winners from last year's Invent Oregon. And there were other, other teams who had competed in Inventor who were there. And some people got to meet for the first time in person with these people that they've been networking with and workshopping mm -hmm. with for, for months. And that for me was quite exciting. But yeah, we um, I have been a part of a couple of the, the programs so far, including Kickstart Weekend, which was about a month ago. That's awesome. Um, you talking about the virtual atmosphere, I know that's something that we, that's been a common theme that we bring up in our, our podcast is kind of talking about like that transition from like virtual to like, you know, hybrid in person. Since it does sound like that virtual aspect was so successful and that networking opportunity was just so outstandingly great for the students who got to be a part of that. Do you foresee that being like a model that they might use in the future or something that they continue to use? I'm, I'm just curious on your thoughts. We absolutely will continue to have some virtual elements to our programming, uh, especially when it comes to clean tech uh, and Invent Oregon. This was a wonderful opportunity for us to take what we had and showcase these. The, the work that people put into this is it blows me away every time. Um, and we were able to, to make something really nice and showcase that. And we had viewership from all over the country and we don't want to take that away we we want to continue to produce something that's really lovely really interactive very special showcases students work but also makes it accessible there are people who are tuning into this to see what's happening out of Portland State the innovation and entrepreneurship community within PSU is really thriving. And there are people from across the country who are tuned into that. They want to watch, they want to see, they want to follow people. They, they take an interest in what people who are entrepreneurs here are doing, what they're showing up with, and they follow that. And we are trying to provide a platform that continues to showcase that so that Every time you are part of one of the Center for Entrepreneurship's programs, you are put in front of that broader audience. Awesome. So to be a part of it, do you have, is there like an application process or like, how do you like take or bring in people to be just a part of like, like the club, let's say, or just be a part of any of the competitions? Sure. For like our workshop weekends, we just do open registration. Um, we put it out on our social channels and, you know, put posters up around when we know we're going to be uh, doing one of the workshops. We do them around the same time each year. For Clean Tech Challenge, there is an application process. It is open right now. Um, if you visit the uh, Center for Entrepreneurship website on um, uh, the 
you can find the Clean Tech Challenge and go to the application. Those are open until December 31st. Um, you don't have to have a fully formed team in order to compete. You can come in with an idea. Um, we can help put together a team if you want, help put together those resources. Uh, that's one way to get involved. Um, and then there's the, the e-club, um, and they also have a, a presence where you can um, apply for a membership there as well. Yeah. It sounds like there's a lot of really great opportunities for students to get involved on. So for the audience listening, just another thing that you can take advantage of. <laughs> just saying. Um, with that, I guess I have a, I guess so, I just have like so many questions popping in my head right now. So many things I want to know. Um, I'm just kind of curious now of learning more about like the basics of the Center for Entrepreneurship, the things that you guys are doing. Um, I know you haven't been a part of the Center for Entrepreneurship for very long, but like, what if, what has been like the action or the outcomes of these competitions? Like, are these students like, you know, walking away with um, experiences that get them jobs, get them internships, get them an opportunity to put out their ideas in, in the open and like potentially have investors coming in? Like, I'm curious of what the potential of like the foreseeable future looks like if students are able to be a part of this. Uh, I have to laugh a little bit at that. All of the above. Um, that is, again, one of the things that I didn't expect. You know, I, I assumed everybody who was participating in the program was, had their, you know, their career path set on being an entrepreneur and doing a startup. And it goes so many different directions from there, whether it's clean tech or Inventor Oregon. Uh, we find that students really go a couple of different directions. We, there have been ventures founded, there have been dollars raised, there are winners of Invent Oregon that are also from Portland State projects that are in development right now, that have raised capital, that are going on to that. There are also projects that have gotten to a phase, had an investor that says, I'd like to buy this, we want this technology as part of our company. Um, as a career option, there's two really interesting things that come out of it, the networking. Networking that people get um, gets you really amazing opportunities to walk into whether it is a startup that exists or a company that you were in a workshop, listened to a speaker that we had, and it's like, oh, hey, I'm really interested. We, can I learn more about what you're doing? We've had work-study programs get set up from that. Um, there's so many exciting opportunities. And then there's the thing that's not quantifiable, which is the experience. Um, there was a team that won in Mental Oregon a couple years ago, and all three of the members of that team, they didn't continue the project on, but they took that experience, and they all consider themselves to be an innovators, and they will be inventors for the rest of their lives, and they do that in their career. And they approach their postgraduate you know, career opportunities with, I can do anything, that confidence, that, that, that self-knowledge that they are going to be successful. Those are the things that's hard to define and hard to explain that you get from doing something like clean tech or invent organ or even kickstart weekend it's an understanding that you know we'll show you how you go through ideation and market research and you're like oh like i kind of want to do something here are the steps to get you started to see if this is viable uh even if you don't end up doing it for yourself you use those exercises and use those that knowledge later on in your career it's 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 really phenomenal for to to see it all happen yeah it's interesting to hear because like when i first heard of the entrepreneurship or the center for entrepreneurship I thought that I had to be in the certificate program. I and mean, I feel like a lot of students think that too, like, oh, I'm not part of the certificate program, so I can't take advantage of these. And then later on, you do know, like, you're like able to go in, but you're like, I personally haven't been to any of the like kick start weekend, let's say, um, 
I've heard of it. It sounds interesting, but I've never been a part of it. And I regret not being a part of it now. But <laughs> I, I mean, I can't join anymore because last term here, like last year here. But but yeah, I definitely do recommend for folks listening to definitely check it out next year. And we do more than just the programs. Uh, you know, if you've got an idea and you just want to learn it, come by. We'll load you up with some books or some some practical practices. Like, I'm really interested in this career. I'm really interested in this industry. We might know somebody. We might be able to just hook you up with a 30-minute phone call with somebody. Um, we're so fortunate that the professionals in Oregon and, and outside of Oregon, too, that are generous with their time, that will sit down and chat. Um, we have a ton of resources to do that. Um, we try to also, if you need help, you've got an idea, and you're not doing clean tech, you're not doing one of the competitions, but you still want some help, like going through prototyping something, we've got resources to help try to connect you with the right resources. We just work hard to make sure that whatever avenue of entrepreneurship you're going to pursue, you take advantage of what we've got. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I'm from a small town, and recently there's been quite a mindset change in that small town. Everyone I knew growing up owned their own business, but didn't consider themselves an entrepreneur. Um, when you're from a small eco-culture, everyone supports each other. You don't have, you know, there's not a huge company or a huge print shop that's supporting a population of 1,300. Um, and so you have a small this, a small that, the insurance agent in town it owns their own business. You know, every business, the car wash, everything, it's all independently owned. And it's been really fun to see small communities like that popping up with people who are learning more about entrepreneurship and supporting it. Let's say you leave Portland after you graduate and you move somewhere in the country, you've gone through a little bit of this programming, you understand the, the basic structures of starting a business, that's gonna benefit you in so many different avenues as you pursue your career and your life changes and the world takes you in, in a, many directions. Uh, definitely. I. I would have to agree. I didn't ever think that entrepreneurship would be something that I would be a part of. Um, I always, I guess, and I'm even from a small town. I'm, I totally relate to that. Like, there's no like big person or big company within my small town. It's like, oh, there's a couple of these, there's a couple of that. They do this, they do that. They're that person. So I totally can relate to that. Um, the coming to Portland State, I feel like my eyes have been really um, open to all the all the different opportunities that are available for me. And even even like through this podcast and Stephanie and I will we'll preach this every single day with talking about the podcast. We learn something new in every single episode with um, talking to these new people we're talking to and learning more about the specifics of Portland State and specifically through the School of Business. And I just think that um, there are so many things that people can be a part of and so many reasons why people don't know or people do know or um, ways that people can get involved that they don't understand. And that's a big reason why we wanted to do this podcast in the first place is we wanted to get people um, the resources and the things that they didn't know about. We wanted them to be in the know about it. Um, so I'm guessing I'm just kind of curious on what your guys' like pitch for people to be a part of Center for Entrepreneurship is or kind of what it looks like in the correspondence of even like the the certificate and like being a part of the Center for Entrepreneurship and even the e-club, like what is something that would truly like tell an audience member and grasp their attention saying, hey, I should do that. This is just the right opportunity for me. Uh, it's a bit cliche, um, 
you will make connections that last a lifetime with our programming, whether that are the workshops or the competitions. Within the workshops, we are very lucky. Our programming is open to people from every major. Um, you get partnered with people that you might not ever get to see because you're not in your same program. Um, so you, you make connections that last a lifetime, and we provide resources that you really don't have access to on your own or will be very difficult to have access to on your own. Um, most people, when they think of entrepreneurs, to be fair, they think of you know old white guys. Mm -hmm. And luckily, the population of Portland State does not look like that. Um, we give you a leg up. Uh, we break down the barriers that are often exist for um, you know BIPOC students, female students especially. There's a huge need for access uh, and representation to see people who are entrepreneurs who've pursued it, no matter what their backgrounds are. And we pair that, we provide that, we are that. That's what we exist for. We are here to open the doors and really make it accessible for everybody to find out what it's like to be an entrepreneur. Whether that leads you to being an entrepreneur, working for entrepreneurs like I've done most of my career, or having an entrepreneurial mindset when you are working for somebody else. Um, we're all innovators in one way or another. Look at you guys. Uh, started doing a podcast. This is innovation right here. This is looking at what's lacking, what resources do I need, what are people not having, what are people not finding, and how can I serve that? It's really something special. Guess we're entrepreneurs. <laughs> Guess we're entrepreneurs. Um, yeah, that's a really interesting fact. Like, like, cause like I mentioned, cause um, when I first came into um, PSU, I thought about doing the entrepreneurship program and the international, the business international. Those were two, like, I was like, oh, I'm set to go. I think this might be good. But I don't know, somewhere in the way, I just changed my mind. And, but, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't regret the options I've made, but I regret not exploring more. That's it's such that a, way. Yeah, yeah, such a one, I'm, it is such a difficult thing. Your, your time at university is limited, um, and you have to figure out what your priorities are. Um, we, of course, would love it if every single person who came through Portland State was a part of the center and did, went through our programming. Um, but, you know, after you graduate, I'm going to check your LinkedIn, and I'm like, hmm, you know, we could really use you as a mentor on this program. So, <laughs> to be honest, the reach never stops. You know, whether you're involved in the programs now or you come back and say, I'd like to help. I want to, whether it's coming back and talking to the School of Business, making yourself available to be a resource to students. Um, I, I know that I didn't talk to enough professionals before I got into the real world when I graduated with my undergrad. I didn't know what was out there. I made a huge career change after about five years, you know, in, in my original career. And I've never looked back and I've been much happier, but I didn't even know those opportunities existed. And um, that is something I hope that everybody really considers is, you may not have the time to focus on it, but by doing things like listening to this podcast or stopping into some of the other, the, the Center for Real Estate Management or the Center for Retail Leadership and just finding out what opportunities they've got going on. Like, you know, I'll do this pop-up event that they're, they're, they have and they have people from industries all over the city and learning what opportunities are out there. You are going to change your career. You're going to change your mind. But knowing what else is out there can help that become a lot easier. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think 
Um, Stephanie and I are both graduating this year, and I think even just with our previous episodes we've had and the previous people we've talked about, it seems like there is a reoccurring theme that we need to get on top of stuff <laughs> before it's too late. Um, and I think one of my biggest fears, too, is like having this, our entire, my entire life has just been school, learn this, learn that, test, midterm, exam, go to school, Miranda, that's what you need to do, that's how you're going to get a great career, that's how you're going to make a lot of money, that's how you're going to sustain yourself, but then when, like, you get to the real, real world, like, after you graduate, like, like, how Becky Sanchez said in her episode, she had a microphone to her face during graduation line, asking her what she planned on doing after she graduated, and she had absolutely no clue, like, I think that's one of the most scariest things moving into like, you know, graduation is like, did all of this pan out to what I want to be at? And kind of knowing that you went down a career path for five years and then changed it, like what type of advice do you have for students who are graduating soon or, or who like you see yourself through them and are like, wow, I wish I would have done that. Like, what advice do you have for them? I know everyone always says is be fearless and make sure you're doing what's right for you. And those first few years uh, in the job market are going to be hard. It's a hard transition. Um, learn a lot. Be kind in your job. Be kind to yourself. Uh, I think that is my biggest advice is uh, be kind to yourself. You will figure it out. Uh, and sometimes you're going to figure it out five times over. And that's, that's great. Um, find, I know there's the old saying of, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day. And that is great advice. Although when you are trying to find out if something's a fit and you've been doing it and you're thinking about making a career change, really look into what the core of that job was. Um, I am a very organized person. I love planning things. Um, I love lists. Uh, I know a lot of people could identify with that. And I was like, well, what kind of careers need this? And I ended up in experiential marketing. So you need to be very good at making timelines and making lists and sticking to them. And that was how I transitioned was what was the core of that job? Well, it was talking to people, enjoying seeing people interact and being organized. And I, I knew it was a good fit for me to take a huge leap I also had a wonderful support system that was like, yeah, do it. Um, and I never looked back. Not everybody gets away with that, but you know, you need to look at what the core of each one of those career opportunities really is. Um, just because you love math, you may not make a great accountant. That may be an environment that you don't enjoy and you need to make a transition that something where you are working with numbers and statistics, maybe you're really meant for marketing. Uh, there's a lot of avenues out there that evaluating the core of what those jobs are uh, and looking at what kind of company you want to work for. I was very, very um, hesitant to move to Portland State. It's such a huge organization. I'd worked for small agencies my whole career where um, I knew everybody in the office and everybody knew me. And it was very intimidating to make a big jump. I'm so glad I did. I wouldn't be doing the programs that I'm doing. I wouldn't be getting to do some of the really cool stuff I'm doing. And honestly, it's gonna sound a little lame, but I wouldn't get to work with students. It's something I never imagined I would enjoy. And I, I truly do. So what's like your day-to-day -day, um, work day? Uh, I spend 
all of my day in a sauna. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> we, we work with timelines. I, I spend a lot of time looking at what resources we need to make things happen. Um, so sometimes that's what do we need to put in place uh, to make sure that we have a video produced for something? What do we need to put in place to make sure that we have, you know, 50 students attend something? Um, I look at what resources we need, and then when we get closer to things, I look at what resources students need. Part of what I do is the student engagement piece with the competitions. So if you've got a project that you're wanting to um, develop a, a new technique for 3D printing shoes remotely, I'm going to figure, figure out who, who is in, you know, who has been 3D printing footwear and who can we talk to and who can we pair you with that's done it, is doing it, looking at that, looking at materials. Um, so it's really about gathering resources um, is, is my day to day. It's very obscure. Um, I'm so lucky to be in a job that nothing, <laughs> no two days are ever alike. Um, I could be behind my computer all day one day planning and setting up catering and the next day I'm sitting in a workshop and we're writing out notes and ideas on, on sticky boards. Um, you know, it really, really is quite varied. And then what is your favorite part about your day or your favorite part about your job, I guess? Oh, that is a very difficult question to ask uh, or answer. Um, my favorite part of my job is seeing a student who has been through our program come back for more, come back for another resource come back and want to pursue not just their idea, but what more can they do? Can I be involved in this program? Can, can you introduce me to this person? Um, the best part of my job is seeing when somebody has the confidence to understand it doesn't matter who you are, you can access everything. It's just asking for it. That's hard to ask. I'll give you that one. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, it's even like, like, even for me, even, like, in school, like, it's even hard to ask for help, let alone ask somebody for something I need. I can relate to that. <laughs> and I'm probably the worst example of that. Um, I just finished up an event, and somebody's like, you know, you need to remember to assign things to other people. And I'm like, oh, you're right. You're preaching to the <laughs> Delegating. Yeah. That's something I've been working on. Or, yeah, just asking for help. Because it's just, I don't know, it's hard asking for help, in my, like, in my opinion. But I can always say yes to people. I'm always like, yeah, I can do it. Yeah. Maybe don't think of it as asking for help. You're asking for a resource. You're not asking for someone's help. You're asking for something they have that you should have access to. That's a new way of putting it. <laughs> Maybe it must be like, oh, can you help me? Or how do you say it without saying help? I feel like the word if help I'm is so such a barrier. Asking, I feel like I'm putting like, like, Would you be able to? Would you be able to do this for me? Would you be able to introduce me to someone? Would you be able to, or do you know? Mm. Seems like something that we need to use with LinkedIn. Not mm -hmm. gonna lie. Um, in our previous episode, we had talked to Becky Sanchez, and um, and then the previous one before that, we talked to Angela, who is um, in the Career Center in the School of Business, and um, it they just kept telling us like you know get involved now, like do like you know start doing that career outreach that you want to do now, like start using your LinkedIn like you use your Instagram, and I'm like that's that's <laughs> gonna be hard. And Stephanie and I are so, so busy, it's hard for us to, like, not say yes and say no instead when you're like, this gave me opportunity for me. And then 
that we only have so much capacity for things and then it's like also with like our LinkedIn like how do you use your LinkedIn like you use your Instagram and there's so many small little things that I feel like people like Stephanie and I don't take advantage of and we don't see the full opportunity right there that persists and then kind of let it go if that makes any sense I don't know how if you feel that way so yeah I guess it's really all about perspective which I've been working on looking at everything in a different point of view but it's hard yeah feels yeah. insurmountable at times how do I get from A to B mm-hmm. if I don't spend all of my time you know I know a piece of advice I, I got early in my career was sit down and do research on the kinds of companies you want to work for I didn't know enough about the world outside of my small town to understand <laughs> what kinds of industries I would want to work for I didn't know what was out there I hadn't I certainly had no idea that I would love working for small companies, love working for small agencies, until I had that. I did research, but you know, I definitely thought my career would go very differently. Um, and I think that is something that gets put on you, but you don't always have that time. You know, your, your time in university is very precious. Um, you have a lot of responsibilities and a lot of things pulling that away. Um, and I know everybody talks about there's all these resources, but it, it can be exhausting to try to figure out what those resources are. Um, by reaching out, I will say this, by reaching out just a little bit, you'll be surprised at how much people will reach back. Showing a little bit of like, hey, I'm over here. You're, you're going to be in people's minds. You're going to be in people's eyes, for sure. Yeah. I, I definitely can agree to that. Like, because I work in the undergraduate office and then my thing in Career Center, and just being there, like, the amount of resources they use me, because, like, they know me because I'm, like, constantly talking to them, so it's just, like, taking that same, like, mentality somewhere else, and then them just knowing me now, they'd be like, hey, I found this for you, and it's just like, oh, thank you, like, I didn't have to look for this extra resource I needed, and you just gave it to me. Yeah, I'm saying it's it's like being comfortable. Like I, I also work in the undergraduate admissions office and it's comfortable there. I feel comfortable in my place. When I walk in, I see familiar faces. It's the uncertainty with talking to somebody you don't know and saying, oh, can you help me even though you know nothing about me? You know, I don't even barely know my name. Well, on the other side of that, you spoke earlier about you feel like, oh, I miss opportunities. I, you know, people per- come forward with like, can you do this? Will you be a part of this? And the reason they do that is you put yourself out there a little. But those opportunities will continue to come along. You stick your hand up and make yourself known. Things will continue to, to come your way. You aren't missing opportunities. You are taking advantage of the ones that you do grab a hold of. Good way to look at it. Perspective. I say your positive perspective is just lighten up this room right now. I can be a bit of an annoying optimist. It <laughs> works with me. <laughs> that is not a negative thing at all. I think that is a positive thing. Um, and and I can say from a personal perspective, um, you know, I've worked in a lot of very demanding industries, and I come to work very happy, and I leave work very happy. And one of the reasons why it's so easy to be a bit chipper is because this work is really fun. Working at the university is very fun. Working with the people at the university is fun. And the PSU students blow me away. I, you know, maybe I wasn't as uh, involved or paying as close of attention when I was uh, in undergrad, 
but I didn't know anybody who was doing the things that I see students doing every day here. And I definitely didn't see people caring about one another as much as I see here. That's interesting. And I mean, that's, yeah. that's sweet. Yeah, it's sweet. <laughs> I guess kind of like, because I know we all, we all have all the world with you, unfortunately, or all the time in the world with you, unfortunately. So um, I guess kind of as like a wrapping up question or kind of like uh, like the now or never do or die question, so I hope you're ready for it, is what is your take <coughs> on entrepreneurship and why should students get involved now? My take on entrepreneurship is not that you are only an entrepreneur when you start a company. You are an entrepreneur because you innovate. You are an entrepreneur because you take the time to ideate. You are an entrepreneur because you see the value in yourself and the value in your ideas. Um, what I want people to, students of PSU, to take from what we have available at the center is that we are just another part to make your very short time at PSU better. We are here to make things easier and make things better. Love that. Do you want to wrap this up, Stephanie? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Well, thank you for being here. Um, I definitely took a lot onto this. I see myself as entrepreneur, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you for being here, Abigail. We appreciate everything that you came here and talked about. Um, to our listeners out there, hopefully they reach out to you or to um, go to the Center in, of Entrepreneurship and do workshops, do e-club, do anything. Be a resource for them as well, or ask for a resource. But yeah, thank you for being here. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you both.